Hi there everyone, my name is Thomas Segi and I'm the 2019 Pride of the Hyde and welcome to the Kink Closet. So this is a podcast where I've been going around interviewing different people throughout the fetish community to find out their story. Today I am joined by Shane Stevens, who is the 2019 Queensland Leather Boy, is that correct? That is correct. Perfect. So Shane, say hello. Hi guys, how are you? I'm well. Uh, So Shane, tell us... Briefly, a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I'm Shane. I'm 28. Uh, if you can't tell by the accent, I'm from England. Uh, spent 24 years in England, and I've been living in uh, Brisbane for uh, four years now. Perfect. Now, are you looking forward to stepping into my kink closet? Uh, yes, I am. I'm coming out all over again. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we want to hear. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask everyone else. Tell me who you were before you were a fetish person. Uh, it's, yeah, that's a hard question. I know. I've it. spent a little while thinking about it. Uh, I would say I was probably... Uh, I've always been into fetish since, I guess, when I was, uh, I don't know, since about 12, I guess. Yep. I've always had that kind of streak in me. Before that, obviously, I was I was a child, I guess. Um a closeted child before I was a fetish person. Yeah. Um, in the past, we've been interviewing people and they do know that, as even as children, that they're into kink. Did you have a similar kind of inkling when you were a child? Uh, no, it kind of... It was all of a sudden, at like around uh, 11 or 12, I think it was, uh, it was one particular event. Um, uh, and yeah, about 12 years, eight, uh, 12 years old. So yeah, that's... That's what kind of when it hit me. Okay, so what was that particular event? Tell us about it. We want to know. <laughs> um, oh, it was just, uh, it was a solo thing. Uh, I was on my way home from school um, and uh, I went down and I always walking in England. There's lots of alleyways. Um, it's nothing seedy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I was walking home and down the usual route down the alleyway and feeling a bit, uh, you know, excited and... Uh, I decided just it just instantly popped in to my head that um, I wanted to try uh, a bit of piss play and went and did it and yeah been into it ever since. So. Okay, you're leaving out all the juicy bits. <laughs> tell us, tell us in a little bit more detail how you explored your piss play in uh, this alleyway. Oh, uh, I was uh, okay. So yeah, I just had this urge to um, piss my underwear. Um, which um, I decided to go ahead and do and obviously I was like oh fuck yeah love this so um, yeah I've continued to do that ever since perfect so going from 12 year old Shane the alleyway pisser yeah. <laughs> um, how did it develop after that um, it was more a lot of uh, research on the internet um, mostly um, a lot of uh, I shouldn't be into this, um, feeling ashamed, nobody else is into it, um, and there's not much, where I come from, there's there's no gay scene whatsoever, um, unless you go into like central London, Manchester, those kinds of places, um, so yeah, it was just a lot of isolation, and then um, when I was about 16, I guess, there'd be a lot of adventures illegally up to illegal drinking in London, <laughs> um, up to like places like Heaven, um, and uh, Old Compton Street. 
Um, and that's where I really was like, oh, wow, look, there's all of these sex shops and all of these kind of things. So um, you'd look for your specialist kink stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, you're with your friends, but you try and break off of your friends. You go, oh, I'll be back in a minute. Just going to go and look for something specific. Um, and yeah, and then it was DVDs and then eventually the internet. Because um, I grew up in an era with the internet where you had to pay every minute you were on the internet um, on your phone and you could you couldn't watch videos. There was no such thing yeah. as Pornhub or anything like that back then. So, But now, obviously, we experiment by being within the community. So, Yeah, and... Um... So far, you are my youngest interviewee oh, okay. that I have. Um, and so this is a different angle. How has the internet influenced your fetish life from uh, that perspective? My, so influenced, yeah. Uh, it's made me f- accept a few kinks that I have a bit more because it gives you an idea that there are other people out there that are into it. You only have to type it in on Google and it'll pop up, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, so there are other people into uh, some of the fetishes that I'm into and that doesn't make you feel so isolated. Um, it also has a negative effect, uh, watching too much porn all of the time. Yeah. You expect sometimes uh, even a kink scene, let alone just a vanilla sex uh, type scenario, but the kink scene, you expect it to look like it does in, in the porn and, and feel like... Or, you kind of imagine how it feels in the porn, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel the same in real life. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, I experienced that a lot. Um, some fetishes are better in fantasy than they are uh, in real life. Yeah. Um, so you'll never know if you're really into a kink unless you actually try it for yourself. Okay, so give us an example of one of those fetishes that you thought you were into. However, it turned out it was just better as a fantasy. Uh, yeah, okay, so uh, whipping, for example, looks great in porn, absolutely amazing, and you go, oh yeah, I'd love to do that, I'd love them to really make some marks on me, maybe even make me bleed. Um, in reality, I'm not a huge fan of pain, I'm okay with a flogger, a nice heavy thud, Yeah. but I'm, I'm not a stingy type of person. No, mm. and so with that there, what went through your head um, with that whole situation under like getting to the point where you knew that you weren't into it what what was going through your head or how did that make you feel um so you mean in this in the session no so you've done the session yeah and then you're coming to that realization that it's not for you did that make you feel upset that it wasn't into you that it wasn't for you or did you feel any regret no no uh for me it was more so hey you've tried it You've actually physically tried it. Don't get me wrong, still love watching it on, you know, Pornhub and all those places. Um, but yeah, like physically it's not for me. And I, I was quite willing to accept that. It was just one of those things. Yeah, well, it's just interesting you say that because there can be some people out there that pursue a fetish because they think they have to be into it as well. Um, would You didn't feel any of that pressure at all? No. No, uh, um, and I don't, you know, my opinion is it's not healthy to pursue something you're really not into. Yeah. Uh, you know, try it, don't try it just once, try it two or three times. Yes. And if you're still not on it by the third time, it's probably not for you. Good, good advice. Now, coming into adult life, how has it been as a kinkster in your adult life? 
Um, well, up until about, oh, I don't know, three or four years ago, it was fairly non-existent in the fetish scene. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, basically didn't have the time. I was working too much. Um, and in England, it's logistics are just awful. So um, the moment I moved to Australia and I found out that there was this place called Buko, um, it was just, oh, okay, I'm going to go there. Um, when I first went there, uh, so I struggle with anxiety mm-hmm. um, and, and social environments. I can be deemed as socially awkward. Yeah, um, I'm usually that person in the corner um, that kind of looks a bit like broody, like kind of moody. <laughs> um, and yeah, people kind of, oh, shall I approach him? Shall I not? Nine times out of ten, they don't. But um, so... I spent the first, uh, my two times that I was supposed to go to Bootco, I spent them outside of Bootco in my car, sitting there on my own, uh, trying to build up the courage to just go, do you know what, let's just go in. Because it is a daunting environment. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of men dressed in dead cow. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's really intimidating. It's an intimidating image yep. in itself. Okay, so how did you work up the courage? Um, I just took the plunge. I, I literally just took the plunge. Um, I can't remember if I took a friend along or something like that. That's always helpful if you if you do struggle. Take yep. someone with you. Um, and it's always good if you're on the other end of it. You've been to it. You've been you know you've been doing it for a while, and you've got newbies around you that go, "Oh, I'm a bit unsure." Take them with you. Mm-hmm. Give them someone to kind of cling on to, to latch onto, like a little koala. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um... So you've taken the plunge, you've gone in. How was your first night there? Oh, it was overwhelming. As I say, you know, smell of leather in the air, sweaty men. Uh, the first thing, and I think it's, it doesn't matter whether it's kink or, or normal, a normal gay bar, for example, um, or any kind of event that involves um, gay people for me. Um, people stare. Yes. Um, straight people stare at me too, so it's not just gay people. But, <laughs> um, you know, they stare and you you instantly try and you're trying to work out are they judging me do they like me do they not like me am I wearing the right things am I wearing the right boots am I wearing the right gear yep. well you know just be yourself they don't like you they don't like you it's mm-hmm. just that simple yeah of course now did it get easier time because I remember when you competed for Queensland Leather Boy I um, was there with your meet and greet for mm. it there and you did an exceptional job at working the room. No. <laughs> so, um, you actually did really stand out um, out of the contestants. So, tell me, how did it how did it get easier, or how did you find it easier to be able to um, overcome your anxiety to be able to work the room the way you did? Um, for me, the uh, so the competition itself, before the competition, I was the man in the corner, didn't speak to anybody. I wasn't known within the community. Um, now, uh, I, you know, I, I plucked up the courage to compete. Um, and in that 10 days that uh, we did the competition over, um, I grew so much as a human being. Yes. Um, literally, uh, I just I just really grew in confidence. Um, and there were things I was pushed way outside of my comfort zone, giving public speeches in front of a hundred people dressed in full formal leathers. Yeah, um, that's a daunting task. Um, in regards to working the room, um, the thing that helped with that, um, and 
because that is not my natural that's not my natural environment <laughs> working a room um so the thing that helped with that is uh we was notified that at each and every event of our competition um there would be unidentified judges yeah we were also told the criteria uh you know um the things that people look for and it's not just the judges it's everybody yes. um they look for how long you spend with somebody they look for how genuine you are. are you genuinely interested in talking to the person that you're talking to yeah are you standing there yawning, you know, looking at your watch, checking grinder, whatever? Um, are you engaged? Yeah. Are you engaged? Are you showing eye cam contact? Are you asking questions or is it just kind of one-sided? Um, so knowing that there were unidentified judges in the room, in the back of your head, you're going, look, I don't normally talk to this type of person, but I'm going to go to. And do you know what? From that experience, uh, I've met people from Sydney, Melbourne, all over the place, um, and some of the people that I would never have spoken to have given me some of the best stories and the best uh, advice. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's my advice to anybody. One, if you want to compete, compete. Um, just do it. Be yourself. Yes. Um, and number two, try and talk to everybody because everybody in the community has some sort of uh, advice, some sort of stories that yes. we can all learn from. Um, that's where our traditions come from. Um, so that's my advice to everyone. Perfect. Okay, so that's pretty much all we have time for today, Shane. That's okay, no worries. I've just talked your ear off. That's all good. <laughs> I think you've given us some sage advice with everything as well. Um, do you have any final advice for any, um, let's just say this one, any travellers who are in a different place um, and wanting to explore their kink side? Um, just, you know, do your research, first of all. Um, you know, there's plenty of tools on the internet. Ask people that you might know if you're, you know, if you're a bit unsure. But do you know what? Experiment. Do it. Go ahead. See if you like it. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. It is. It's just that simple. You know, if you want to do something, be you and do it. Perfect. Be you and do it. Okay. Well, Shane. Thank you for coming into my King Closet. Thank you very much. My first time in Sydney and thank you very much for having me. Well, now you've come out of the King Closet. How do you feel? I feel fabulous, darling. Thank you very much, darling. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.